Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, everyone? We're back for the Deep Drive Pod for episode number 78. Today's episode is going to be centered around first baseman. Kind of a weird position in the sense that, you know, first base defense is one of those things that kind of gets overlooked. But in the same vein, it's like... It how, doesn't you know, matter. It doesn't matter, but it's like, I guess it kind of, like, you know, it's one of those things, you know, uh, but it's a position ripe full of good offensive players, which is fun to see. Definitely not, you know, I don't really like positions that we don't have great hitters in uh, because they're just boring as shit. And defense, quite frankly, is very fickle to deal with in the first place. Uh, so you can kind of just ditch your DRS, ditch your, ditch your OAA, ditch your UZR. And let's just look at offense here. Um, but uh, James, I think that we have a pretty talented position here in first base. I think it's gotten better over the last few years. There have been some young players that have emerged. There have been some guys who have maintained being a superstar even past their uh, age 30 season. Uh, so kind of let's get started with this list. Yeah, so I mean, just to hop right into it, um, coming in at number 10, we have Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees. And Rizzo's a guy who is now entering his age 34 season. Uh, no, age 33 season, I believe. Uh, coming off of a great year last year, right? 133 WRC plus, um, not the best batting average, which is kind of uncharacteristic for him. He used to be a 300 hitter kind of year in, year out, at least close, you know, 280, 290. And this year, just 224. But he slugged higher than he has since 2019, which was the best, you know, second best year of his career, uh, offensively, at least. Maybe not. That's a stretch. He had a few. But anyways, uh, you look at Rizzo, and he's a guy who plays well for that ballpark. He fits well. And, you know, he kind of does everything that you would want him to do. He gets on base. He hits home runs. He uh, he plays somewhat decent defense. It's kind of fallen off recently um, in the past few years. But that's kind of just, you know, he's aging. What do you really expect from him? He's the number 10 third, uh, first baseman in baseball right now. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, so, you know, he's kind of changed, as you mentioned, the batting average approach. He's kind of gone for more fly balls than the line drives and ground balls, uh, which I think is kind of the, the play at this point. You know, we'll see how the shift affects him. I don't I don't want to sit here and say, you know, Anthony Rizzo is going to go out and start hitting 250, 260 with a fly ball approach, uh, but maybe see a couple points here and there in the OBP and batting average. I think that'll offset what was a career best year in isolated power, um, and I don't think he's going to sustain that next year, just, you know, based on the fact that you, you can't really expect a player to repeat having their best year in uh, terms of just raw power numbers. Um, but when you look at Anthony Rizzo, I think he's just kind of the definition of he's just the solid first baseman. I don't think he's here because he's not that good. I think he's more so a, this is more so a product of a lot more talent at the position. You know, this position's loaded with guys who can put up really good offensive numbers and play a little bit better defense or, you know, hit a lot better. So uh, I, I view Rizzo as just a solid first baseman. So uh, I think it's a good spot for him. Yeah, and like you were saying, there's a lot of first basemen in the league who could be worthy of this list. A couple, just to name a few. Uh, I meant to do this before, honorable mentions. Uh, Reese Hoskins is a guy who I think was pretty close for all of us to make this list. Uh, Christian Walker made my list, did not make our cumulative list. And then um, uh, I had one more. Oh, Josh Bell. Josh Bell had an incredible year last year. Uh, and he made Jack's list, but... Uh, did not make the top 10 for our cumulative list. Now coming in at number nine, we have uh, new Houston Astros first baseman, Jose Abreu. And Abreu, like Rizzo, is another guy who's kind of aging, but uh, his bat is still there. He had a 138 WRC plus last year. He was, I think, one of the best hitters in the entire league in the second half last year. He got off to a slow start. 
Uh, and you move a guy to Houston and you expect them to hit well because everyone hits well in Houston. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you expect the power to get better. Last year, he laid a 141 ISO, only hit 15 home runs. That's just not very Jose Abreu. You know what I mean? This is a guy who is kind of always been, you know, a big home run guy. You know, the lowest home run total of his career up to that point was 22 in 2018 when he hit, uh, when he just played 128 games. Even in 2020, he had 19 in 60 games. So he's just kind of always been uh, a big slug guy. I think going to Houston is going to help him in that regard. You know, I don't know if the batting average will sustain, but I mean, there's a world where he's able to, you know, hit, you know, maybe hit 304, you know, or hit, you know, even 280 uh, and the power kind of comes back and you see one of those ridiculous WRC plus numbers, you know, maybe a 135, 140, you know, and the defense isn't bad. It isn't like good, but it isn't bad. So, you you know, you're not really looking at someone who you're concerned about uh, becoming kind of a brick there. I think Josh Bell, you know, we, you mentioned Josh Bell's like honorary mention. Josh Bell could be so bad defensively at first base. You're like, you know, him and upgrade could put up similar WRC plus numbers, but Abreu will be the significantly more valuable player. Uh, I think him above Rizzo is kind of just like he's not, you know, they're both not great defenders, uh, but Abreu's kind of been the better hitter for a little bit of, for a good stretch now. So uh, even in his advanced age, I feel pretty confident with putting him nine on this list. Yeah, and coming in at number eight, we have oh, great. Why is this not loading? Uh, we have Ty France of the Seattle Mariners. And France is a guy who I was higher on than you guys, but uh, he's one of the best younger first basemen in the league. I feel like mo this is a pretty old position, right? Uh, you see a lot of guys move to first base, and France has been there. He plays solid defense. He has a great bat. Uh, he does not walk, which is really con like the real one concern with his game. Uh, he doesn't homer much either, but he gets a ton of base hits, right? He had a 126 WRC plus 2.4 war last year. Not amazing, nothing special, but you know he gets the job done, and he's one of the best first basemen in the league because of it. Yeah, you know, last year was weird because he got off to like a really good start at 148 WRC plus entering the all-star break. And then he kind of slumped after that. He had some injury issues. Uh, you know, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't be stunned if he beats that 126 WRC plus mark we saw last year. Um, you know, I think him being younger allows me to sit back and say, you know, I think, he'll, you know, going into next year, you don't have to expect any regression from him the way you kind of would be uh, regressing a little bit with Rizzo and Abreu. Um, so that's why I had him, you know, higher than those two on the list. Um I know that I was a little bit lower than him on as compared to you, James, but I think it's more so how I view other guys' position. And again, less so a knock on Ty France, more so an uplift for the other guys we'll mention on this list. Yeah, uh, coming in at number seven, we have a guy that I was much lower on than you two, which is Nathaniel Lau of the Texas Rangers. Uh, entering now his age 27 season uh, after a couple years, a couple actually really good years for Texas after Tampa Bay traded him, which normally you don't see. Uh, he had a 143 WRC plus last year, which at the position ranked, I believe, fourth in the league. Yeah, fourth in the league, tied for third. Um, and I think the reason I'm a little lower on Nathaniel Lau is I don't know if I'm fully bought in on the fact that he's actually this good of a hitter. Um, but, you know, looking at what he's done, there's really not, you know, other than the Axwoba being lower, which is a little concerning, especially given that ballpark, you'd expect it to be the other way around where they kind of underperform their numbers. He overperformed them. I think he's due for a little bit of regression. And I believe Steamer agrees with me. Uh, Yeah, 132 versus 143 last year, which isn't a huge difference, but I think it's big enough. I ranked him below guys like Ty France, Jose Abreu. Um, so, you know, I think seven's a pretty reasonable spot for him. 
he's kind of come into his own as a hitter recently. So I don't hate it. Yeah, you know, for Lowitz, uh, I I definitely agree that he's not going to repeat a 143. I think the BAPIP also screams out a little bit here. I, he's a career 349 BAPIP guy, so you kind of feel like he's going to have a way higher BAPIP than average, but 363 doesn't seem like that's a sustainable number. That is the it, highest. And maybe he's one of those left field guys, uh, not left field guys, left handed hitter guys who will kind of benefit from the shift a little bit, right? Um, he, but, I think he, I think it's a, a lot of ground balls and line drives. Uh, he doesn't, hit a ton of fly balls he had 27 homers last year um but yeah like he had a he had a 48 percent ground ball percentage last year and 55 the year before that so he does hit a lot of ground balls per fly ball at almost two uh over the past couple of years yeah and ultimately like I, again even without shift like i just don't think 363 is necessarily sustainable but i do buy into him being a really good hitter i, I think you know compared to france abreu rizzo i think we'll have the highest wrc plus of the four the big concern here is the defense is the, clearly the worst of the four it's it's really bad at first base um but i i'm I'm inclined to feel as if the bat is going to outweigh the defense, but where i think we're still at that part of the list where any ordering of this four won't really like drastically have me feeling one way or the other if you like you had low i believe you said below a bray in france can totally see that for next year right like i wouldn't be stunned if if those two guys are better than low uh but i i feel confident that low's bat is going to be good enough to, to carry him above the rest yeah uh coming in at number six we have matt olson of the atlanta braves and admittedly i think this is like really like badly low um, I think, I think Jack ranking him at seven dragged this down to six. I had him at four. No, I had him at five, and you had him at six. So you know, not a huge difference, but yeah, I definitely think Olson is a little over, uh, is a little underrated here. Uh, this is a guy who a couple of years ago we were talking about as the best first baseman in baseball, right? You know, not obviously not the best year from him last year uh, overall. Uh, you know, he didn't play as much. I think did he get didn't he get hurt last year, if I remember correctly. Well, you played 162 games. I think he might have been maybe he was dealing with something during the year, but Am I uh, looking? He, I am I just completely missed him. So he I thought he was unqualified because yeah. I'm looking at the qualified hitters. He wasn't there. I take that back. He did not get hurt last year. He just wasn't I just didn't see him. Uh yeah, 120 WC plus last year. Huge down year, right? Uh especially given 147 the year before and 135 the year before that. But the one thing we do say about Olsen that we can't say about other guys is that he's legitimately an elite defender at first base, which you normally don't find. And I think that really boosts him. He hits a shitload of homers, 34, 39, the last two years. I think this is a really low ranking for him. I would like to see him in the top five. Uh, I I think, I think you could put him at number four and I don't understand how you could rank him under Nate low, but you know, here yeah, we go. I, I can't put him. I can't, I can't put him over low uh, under low. Uh, quite frankly, you know, I don't think the gap between WRC plus next year for low and, and uh, Olsen is drastic enough to outweigh, um, you know, any like the defense right there is such a massive swing. We're talking, you know, I, I know we mentioned defense doesn't really matter for the position. We're talking, we're like we're a, talking about a 20 run swing here. That's two right. wins. Like, like this that's, is a that huge matters too difference. Much. Yeah. And then for the offense, I mean, Olsen ran a one, like a 116.8 max exit velocity. I want people to understand, you know, that's like, that's what we're pushing. You know, we're pushing, you know, the, the, that crazy level of power. It's like unique. You know I, what I mean? I don't like, I, I think you, I think you rely on this max exit velocity too much. Cause you could just like, it's one batted ball, right? Like right. all you I need is 90th, one. 
90th percentile is definitely a, a better metric. It's just definitely a better target. metric for sure but to look at their I, 90th percentile exit velocity. I fully agree with you. I'm pretty sure his 90th percentile ranks pretty well as well. And, you know, in terms of hard rate, hit rate, barrel rate, like it all kind of lines up. I don't think there's a situation where he just had one hard, really hard hit ball and anything else kind of just fell apart. Um, I think Olsen, Olsen hits the ball hard and he does so with, you know, j- typically he, I mean, he has a fly ball heavy approach. So being able to consistently elevate the ball in the air with uh, high exit velocities is important. The strikeout rate was high last year for his stand uh, compared to 2021, which is interesting. I, I don't think we'll see that again. I think we're going to see a, a return to, uh, you know, right around league average strikeout rates. The walk rates kind of was, was low uh, compared to his career norms last year. I think that'll climb up a little bit. Um, no, no big distinction in BAPIP though. Maybe that could change next year with, uh, you know, different shift rules, but his batting average and OBP plummeted. I, I don't know. It was a weird year for Matt Olson. Uh, I, I think we could totally see him climb up this list. Maybe I'm overreacting uh, in the sense of uh, putting him at six, but I also don't think it's as much about um, him not performing well, as much as it is, I think other guys, ahead of him have taken either steps forward or have just consistently always been better than him so that's kind of my reasoning for having him where i did on the list yeah um i don't i I think maybe i was overreacting a little bit too to him being this like low i don't think it's that low it's like it's one spot lower than i had him i just think that the guy we have above him uh vinnie vinnie pasquantino at number five is just i think it's i think that's ridiculous to be honest with you um to call at this point in their careers him a better player than uh Matt Olson, who we know is an established guy. And I'm not I'm not one to be like, oh, the established guy. Like we've gotten so many comments on our uh Twitter post about how Adley Rutschman is too high because JT Riomoto is more established. There's a difference between that type of established where we've kind of like Adley Rutschman is an established, very, very good catcher, like best catcher in baseball, to be honest with you. Vinny Pascantino, not so much. You know, he has great uh, bat, batted ball data, right? That's like kind of his, that's kind of his MO, right? That's what he's known for. Uh, he he absolutely hits the piss out of the ball, right? But we're looking also at the same time at a guy who uh, had a 137 WSC plus last year. He's projected 140. I, I just don't know if I fully expect that out of him especially given you know he what he was never like a top prospect right he wasn't a guy that like it's different when we're looking at a guy like Adley who's kind of been the number one prospect in baseball since the day he was drafted and then Pascantino who's a guy that you know you're not exactly so sure what you're going to get from him also he's all he's already 25 so I think that's another big thing is like yeah yeah he's a rookie but he's also a 25 year old rookie so I mean I don't know I don't think he's going to get much better. Like, I don't think this is a guy where like, okay, he had a 137 his first 72 games, so it's going to get even higher. Like, I don't, that's not how I view think of Adley. I legitimately think we could be viewing, I think we're going to get like a, a an eight, nine more year out of Adley at some point. Oh career. yeah. At some point, I think we will be looking at Adley as like a consensus top five player in baseball. Right. Or like even J-Rod, like you look at J-Rod, you're like, he was. Like, oh yeah. We look at, like, I think you know J-Rod I mean? has, I, this is, J-Rod this might be, the, be a stretch, but J-Rod could have an 11 win season. Just the way he plays no, defensive hits, like. Like I don't think that's really and like he could running? have he could have a year like Josh did last year. Maybe not so much offensively, but definitely I think better defensively and better on the bases. So the comp I'm looking for is that Mookie Betts 2018 for J Rod. But let, let I'll I'll save my more J-Rod that note. I think more the 2012 Trout. But that that's a good I love that comp as well. Both of those years were really good. But, but the, the yeah, thing we'll get Pascantino, we'll get to center field later. The bit the thing with Pasquantino, uh, Pasquantino, I can't do this. Man. I don't. I think it's Pascantino. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Italian. 
But one of the big things is he can walk more than he strikes out. I think like he, he just didn't whiff. Like typically you see a guy come up and they struggle with that. He does not swing and miss, man. This and he's a guy who lifts. He's not like a, a guy who doesn't lift the ball in the air either. He puts the ball in the air. Um, you know, I don't. I, I'm concerned about how the ballpark is going to play with his home run totals. But you know, even at first base, small sample size, of course, 306 innings isn't crazy. You know, negative two DRS, 2.3 UZR, one OAA. I don't think defense is going to be like a massive issue the way we see it with like Nate Low, where like Low can legitimately like have like a 150, like one not 150, 130 WRC plus and a well below three war year and kind of tank the rest of his value because he's not, a, he's a really bad defensive player. He's a brick back there. Um, and kind of like how Christian Walker can be like, a, like last year, he wasn't like a crazy, crazy hitter, but he was one of the best first base in a baseball because he's just that good of a defender. Um, but Pasquin, you know, dude, he's, he's going to be, his defense is not going to play a factor into this. His offense is so good. I mean, the projections obviously stand out, but if you look at the minor leagues, you mentioned he's never really been a top prospect. It's kind of hard for first baseman to rank in that, you know, past, you know, into the top 10 or 20. It, I mean, inherently thinking about it from the sense of, you know, if you're, if you're giving these uh, future value grades, can you really give a first baseman that like six war future value grade? Like, can you, can you really do that to them? First baseman? Getting I, mean, I think it depends. Baseman? Like if you're looking at a, a guy, like when we, when we were looking at Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Coming up, obviously he came up as a third baseman, but as a first baseman, I would have given him that grade hundred percent, but we're, we're I don't know if he would have gotten that grade as a first baseman. I, we're not I'm talking just saying, like, about, well, I think, I think it was kind of, Looking at Guerrero as a prospect, it was kind of inevitable that he moved to first base. He moved to first base his fucking rookie season. Like he would, he played third base for what two weeks? Like, no, I, I mean, and he's. But I also the way he was like Vlad, and we'll get to Vlad later. Vlad is like gonna be a Hall of Famer. Like we are three years, four years. He's he's gonna be a Hall. Like he just doesn't, right, right, and right. And like I don't obviously think Pasquantino is not that guy. I'm he's not talking not. about Vinny P. The way I'm talking about Vlad in the sense of like this guy's gonna be a sustained like for the next ten years. I just disagree with what you said where you were like, I don't know if I could rank a first baseman that high as a prospect. I disagree with that. I'm just saying, I don't know if fan, I'm not saying, I don't know if I I could, I'm saying, I don't think prospect sites like putting first base in that high in general. Like he was ranked as a 79th best prospect in baseball coming into 2022 at a 152 WRC plus in double A and and walked more. He struck out at the age of 23. Like this isn't like an old guy going to double A and just killing it. Like he was clearly going to be, and and even in triple A, like he, you know, 139 WRC plus walked more. He struck out. I mean, like the guy just mashes, right? Like he just doesn't, all he's done is hit. And it's, you know, I mean, I guess Torkelson, I guess you can say is the exception. I I, I guess that's like the exception of like guy who comes up and was like given a a lofty comparisons, good FV, uh, really good FV. And, and, you know, that situation there. But is Vinny P like, what does Vinny P do poorly offensively? Is there anything he doesn't do well offensively? There isn't like there's nothing like Olsen. Not that Olsen can't be a better hitter than him, but I don't think we're looking at a guy that uh, like he he has strikes out all the time. Like he Which, has better play discipline, better hit tool, similar power tools. Like I, I've got to give it, I've got to give it to Vinny P offensively. Though I do think the defense with Olsen can definitely allow him to super uh, to kind of well, yeah, especially super. like. And I know what you're saying it's not a big deal at first base, but Olsen is so good. No, I, I at get first it. Base. It's like if you put them within five WRC plus points, Olsen's clearly going to be the better player. But the way I view it is like, can like Vinny P? It, it's weird that a guy who is so a guy like Vinny P is projected to be, you know, a top 10 hitter in baseball. When I know projection steamer can overrate, you know, triple a players, but you don't see them overrate them to the point where they're throwing guys who have no business being, you know, 140 WRC plus hitters with the 140 WRC plus, you know, we're, we're talking about very, very rarely do you see that, uh, you know, 
he, I mean, he's got this, like, it, it's just tough for me to feel any, any type of way that isn't this guy is really damn good. But I understand your hesitancy to put him over Olsen where this isn't just like an established player versus a non-established player. This is a guy who's like, you know, Olsen is a guy who used to be considered, you know, someone who could be the best first baseman in baseball. He's only a year removed from being arguably the best first baseman in baseball. And, and, and Pasquin, you know, we kind of have to see one, how does he hold up over a full season defensively Two, what does Olsen look like next year? And three, is he taking a step forward or is he just kind of the same hitter he was last year? Yep. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Mets first baseman Pete Alonso. I think from here we kind of have like a consensus, um, yeah. and I I feel like it's going to be hard to disagree with, uh, at least the the four guys, right? Like you can argue about the order of the top three, where it's like you know maybe you think Goldschmidt's the best or Guerrero's the best, but I think Pete Alonso is the clear cut number four first baseman in baseball. He's not as good as the as the top three, and he's not and he's better than everyone below him, right? Um, you look at Alonzo, this guy, he hits nukes. That's what he's, he's on the field to hit nukes and he does. Uh, he slugged 518 last year, ISO of 246, uh, which I think was, no, not, I think, which was the third best at the position last year, um, behind only Goldschmidt and Rizzo. And obviously the reason why Rizzo's ISO is so high is because he doesn't hit for average. Alonzo on the other hand does hit for average, uh, with a 271 batting average last year. 354 Expo, uh, 143 WRC plus four win season. And, you know, Alonzo, I think is consistent, right? Where you're like, you know, he's a, he's a 140, 145 WRC plus hitter. And that's who he is. That's who he'll be. He's a four win player. And there's not really much to talk about there. Yeah. Uh, he also cut down his strikeout rate over the last two years, got it well under 20%, uh, well under 20%. Last year was the lowest strikeout rate of his career hit 40 home runs. I mean, like you said, he's on the field that's just drop tanks, you know, and it's it, there's a certain beauty to just a guy who just goes out there and just fucking hits nukes. You know what I mean? I think the so, Mets need one more Pete Alonzo. I think every team could use not obviously every team could use a Pete Alonzo, but like there's just well, a yeah, there's not a fun. team in the league that you give Pete Alonzo to and they're like, no, I don't want him. Even even like a, a even a team with a superstar first baseman, you give the Dodgers Alonzo, they want him. You give like, the Cardinals Alonzo, they want some him. Shit like that. They'll, they'll move, yeah. they'll do some, like the way I look at it like, is the, like, the, Alonso has such a good bat that there's no way not to put him in the lineup. I and, put him at second base. I don't care. He's such a good hitter. I mentioned Vinny, Vinny P not really having a flaw. Like, okay. Pete Alonso legitimately, like he walks at a good rate. He doesn't strike out anymore. He hits the absolute piss out of the ball. He plays a ton of games. He's extremely consistent. Like, outside, obviously defense is going to limit his ceiling and there are guys ahead of him that are, uh, you know, just freak talents right hall of fame caliber players but Pete Alonso is just like really damn good so I think that's kind of my final thoughts on Alonso there yep uh, I definitely agree with you there uh looking now at number three we have uh coming in at number three of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I know you had him at number one which uh, I don't disagree with at all like I didn't put him at one but I also don't think that uh Guerrero Jr. is you know, like I think the difference between one, two, and three here is marginal at best, right? We can't we can't say like there's a huge difference. We're talking about a guy who won MVP, right? Last year. We're talking about a guy who finished second two years ago, and then we're talking about another guy who won it three years ago. Like these are MVP candidates, kind of year in and year out at this point. Um Guerrero Jr. obviously I got off to a pretty poor start last year. Um, and then he was kind of on fire for the second half, right? Uh, I think we, I could get the splits up real quick if I if I want to. Um, but we're talking about a guy who 
is 23 years old right now. He's entering his age 24 season. Um, He's, oh, did I mix that up? He had a better first half than second half is what I meant. Um, Yeah, but you look at Guerrero Jr., and this is a guy who is going to be a top 10 hitter for the next 10 years, right? Um, Yeah, he's he's that good, and he's going to continue to be that good. So I don't really think there's much of a flaw in his game either. You know, you'd like him to hit the ball in the air more. He's figured that out a little bit. Uh, he had 32 home runs last year. He's pretty much good for 30, 35 home runs a year at this point. I would be shocked if he had any less unless he gets hurt, obviously. But he doesn't get hurt. That's the other thing. That's the thing about um, Guerrero. Uh, these top three, com- completely, all three of them, really, they don't miss games. And I know it's an easy position to do that, right, first base but they do not miss games. Guerrero only, I think, missed one or two games last year and then one or two games a year before that. He's playing 100 CC games a year. And there's there's a lot of value to that that I think a lot of, um, you know, your typical advanced stats people may not give him credit for. Um, I, I think, just generally speaking, I care more about volume than almost anyone, but I think you look at Guerrero Jr. and you kind of know what you're going to get. You're getting uh, an elite bat with bad glove and you're okay with that i think next year so he's projected 161 by steamer which is a wildly high projection but i think it's fully warranted like you know 161 is is trout level projection right but i I don't see a reason why he couldn't be that good next year yeah you know the way i look at with vlad is like when we're talking about these next group of third of third base and first baseman, uh, Vlad is very clearly the one that can't contribute the other two facets of the game that these two ahead of him can. Like Freeman and Goldschmidt are just better base runners and better defenders. So I can totally see that from the you know look stepping back and saying you know if these three guys put up the same WRC plus next year, who's going to be the better player? Like Vlad's going to be player three in that group. Um, the way I look at it is I I think he's going to ha- I I personally think he can live up to those projections. Um, I think we, you know, some people forget, you know, this is a guy, as I mentioned, he's entering, you know, he's, he's still in his early twenties, you know, players don't peak at 23 typically or 22, or you kind of hope they don't, um, you know, the, the power is generational, right. In terms of just raw power, uh, you know, I mean, there, I, I know that there's, this isn't a number, but like certain guys, there are only certain guys who can stay in like home runs where it's like a line drive that's like 10 feet off the ground and somehow gets out and, and Vlad can do that. And it's quite entertaining to watch, but Ultimately, you know, I'm not too phased by this year. Uh, I, I think that next year is going to be, even if it's not 160, I think 145, 150, you know, I think somewhere in that range. Uh, but he can't contribute on the field the way the other two guys can. So that's kind of where, like, I would, last year, coming into last year, I've been like, you're crazy for not having him won. This year, I'm more like, take a step back, you know, Freeman and Goldsmith can provide in ways that Vlad can't. So I can see the uh, argument against it there. Yeah, but we're also talking about with Guerrero, a guy who I, you know, he could put up 200 and I wouldn't be that surprised. I thought he was, I think if you, if you ask everyone coming into 2022, okay, someone put up a 200 WRC plus and hit 60 home runs. I think Vlad's name might have come up before judges. And I don't think that's a slight to judge. I think looking, coming into 2022 with the information we had coming off the year he just had at the, you know, entering the age, it would have been, oh, maybe it was Soto, maybe it was Vlad. You know what I mean? Like it would have been well, those two. I would, if that's that's where the sixty home runs thing comes in because oh if sixty you're home ta- runs that would have gone flat yeah if you're talking about that like two hundred WRC plus Soto had a two hundred WRC plus yeah obviously that was in a short season um and I'm like that's that's the number one guy who I think next I think next year Soto will lead the league in WRC plus 
Oh yeah, I mean he can. He's ridiculous. but but the home run thing, Vlad. Yeah, the home run thing. Like Vlad will lead the league in homers before Soto will. Soto will never lead the league in homers. It's just not the way he plays. He's he's he might lead the he'll, he'll lead the league in walks. He'll lead the league in on base percentage. He'll lead the league in you know um war maybe uh offensive value definitely wrc plus whatever he will not lead the league in home runs it's just not the way he plays um yeah moving on at number two uh and by the way uh in our vote points we give i think i think we've gone over this before but we give you know if you put a guy at number one he gets 10 points if you put him at number two he gets nine etc uh these two, three guys, we have Freeman and Goldschmidt are 28 and 27, and then Guerrero's at 26, coming at number two, like I just said. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, who won the MVP last year, he got nine points from each of us. Every single one of us had him at number two on our list. And <laughs> every single one of us had him at number two on our list. And I think Goldschmidt is, you know, uh, like he won MVP. What can you say about that? Yeah. You know, he's put up a 177 wrc plus like i mean and 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 last year i know he didn't get off to the best start in 2021 they just like completely turned it on it was like the best hitter in baseball um i mean for for i know 2020 is not a full season i i get it but but since 2020 he has a 156 wrc plus which is just kind of and not just kind of it's it's insane right he's a remarkable defensive player he's still a really good base runner um, I know last year, OAA didn't like him as much defensively, but DRS still liked him. I, I'm still going to go with he's a good defender uh, and, until every all three of the stats have this marriage of he's not a good defender. Um, yeah, especially I, because of the reputation he's yeah, built I think for himself matters. and like the track record. And especially with defense, I think I think track record on defense matters more than Especially anything. at first base. Yeah, because like it's so tough to, um, to judge a first baseman's defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I mean, like you know, it's a, what do you trust? What do you not trust? I think I would trust that Goldschmidt will is a good defender and will continue to be a good defender. Yeah, for sure. And I I don't have any quarrels. With, I mean, I, I I have no quarrels. Like Goldschmidt, I could say like, okay, maybe he's the best first baseman in baseball. Like the gap between him and Freeman is they're like the same player almost. Like Freeman's kind of just like the left-handed Goldschmidt in most like when we're kind of stepping back and thinking about it both are ridiculous hitters both are good defenders both are similar in age i think goldschmidt is 35 i think he's a couple i think he's a couple years older yeah goldschmidt's 35 freeman's 33 they're legit they're exactly two years apart almost two 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 years in a couple days uh here or there because it's september 10th for goldschmidt september 12th. yeah i I don't care what their birthdays are but they're like they're not they're like we're not talking about a 40 year old and like a 25 year old we're talking about two guys kind of in the same stage of their career um Pick your pick, pick whoever you like more. You know what I mean? At that point, it's like, hell, if, if you like the color red more, just pick Goldschmidt. It's it's really that razor thin, in my opinion. Oh, definitely um agree with you there. I think between one and two was probably I mean, one, two, and three, like I said, and on this list are completely interchangeable. If you put Vlad at one, if you put Goldschmidt at one, you put Freeman at one. Uh, I don't care. Like these are the three best. You could tie them all for one. I like for all I care. They're you know they're they're that they're that good on um on on offense really. Uh, you look at Goldschmidt MVP last year. Did he deserve it? I don't know. I would have given it to Machado, but there's you know like it's not egregious, right? That he won it, and it I I don't even think it's bad. I don't think it's or anything like that. Um, Goldschmidt is a guy who's gonna give you thirty homers. He's done it what's five years in a row. Uh, he's gonna give you a 300 average. He's done that two out of the last three years. He's going to slug 500. He has done that for, he's done that what seven times in his career. He's going to give you a 150 WRC plus. He's done that every year. 
Uh, Seamer's on a little low on him at 140. I think part of that is his age. I don't fully believe that he's going to drop off that much. Um, but you know, it's it's tough to argue with him. He's a future Hall of Famer, and he is for us the number two first baseman in baseball, leaving number one as Freddie Freeman. Obviously, uh, you know, you you can't argue with it, right? Freddie Freeman is a guy who has won an MVP. He's finished. Uh, top three, I think a couple other times. He had another seven-win season last year, and I think he kind of went under the radar a little bit. He was never really getting that, you know, MVP conversation that Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Machado were having, um, even though Freeman was right up there with them. Uh, 160 WRC plus last year, he actually underperformed his ex-Woba again, which he's done now, what, five years in a row? Yeah, five years in a row. It's actually kind of unreal that he's done it five years in a row. Uh, Ten points uh, five years in a row, actually. Uh, 10 points in 2018, 19, 20, uh, like 40 points in 2021, and then another 10 this year. Um, he adapted so easily to LA. It wasn't, you know, any type of, a, a lot of the times, like we say, when you get a superstar changing teams, you'll see like one down year. We saw it with Lindor. Uh, we saw it with Machado, but we're not seeing, we didn't see it with uh, Freeman. Right. And here we are, we're looking at him. He 12, 12% walk rate, 14% strikeout rate, you know, 330 batting average, 511 slugging percentage, 160 plus. That's that's what he is. He's he's an elite hitter, and it's really tough to argue with. Yeah, I mean, when it like obviously, you know, this is a player who's gonna waltz into the Hall of Fame the same way that Goldschmidt will. When is the last time Freddie Freeman hasn't been an not just a good player, like an amazing player? Like I, I as long as I've remembered baseball, Paul, not Paul, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt as well, but Freddie Freeman's never had a WRC plus before 132 since 2013. That's we're, we're in year 10 now of that stretch. If he puts up a 130 WRC plus, we'll have 10 years of a 130 or better WRC plus. Um, last year, he kind of, uh, you know, didn't have the same power numbers as usual, but that's fine because he decided to hit from have more line drives and, uh, you know, he cut down his whiff rate, he's cut out his strikeout rate. He hit for a higher average. His OBP was ridiculous. Like, Man, he, he's he's a rare guy who can go 300, 400, 500 any given year. Um, again, he remains steady as a rock defensively. He's a very underrated base runner because, you know, at least according to BSR, he's 13 bases last year in 16 attempts. And uh, he really he doesn't really hit his double plays the frequency you expect a lumbering first baseman to. Um, he's also not a lumbering first baseman. Yeah, you would expect that's what you would expect. You know, you think, okay, close your eyes. He's 33. He's going to be 34 next September. Open your eyes. Freddie Freeman's still a great defender and still a great base runner. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't think, again, as you mentioned, we, we've kind of hammered this point with all three of these first basemen. As long as these three are in your top three, all three of them, of course, you're fine. If they're not, if one of these guys are not in your top three, your list is wrong. I, that's how I think I view this. You know what I mean? I think Alonzo is the clear like bridge between, you know, the... Uh, between the elite more. and the good, yeah, like, right? And I think, I think there's three elite first basemen, there's one great first baseman, and then there's a bunch of good first basemen. And I think... Yeah. I think that bridges Alonzo and I'd I'd almost put Olsen in that great tier with him. Like he's like right there. The funny so thing maybe is I would put those two in a tier above the rest, but I really think if you tiered these guys, it's Freeman, Goldschmidt, Guerrero, and then the next tier would be Alonzo and Olsen. And then after that, you're looking at six through ten of, you know, or not just six through ten, probably six through seventeen or something of yeah. just a bunch of very good first basemen who all have an argument to be top ten, you know, the Christian Walkers and the and the Josh Bell and Reese Hoskins, like, you know, all the 125 WRC plus hitters 
right? That's they're all first baseman. That's what they do. They hit the ball. Yeah. Um, and Walker's and, kind of stands out because he's again like an elite, elite defender. It's kind of but he's strange. also not quite as good of a hitter, which yeah. is also which is also what I put him on this list for is his defense. Um yeah, the one guy that I didn't have on here that all of you had on here was uh Rizzo, actually, surprisingly enough. Uh but you know, it's it's not really a big difference, I don't think, between Rizzo and Walker, or between Walker and Abreu, or even Walker and Lau, who we haven't low. Lau, I don't know. I don't think the guy. I'm not asking I, you. I'm not asking you for pronunciation. Yeah, I don't. I'm the last guy. At number seven, right? Um, yeah, but you look down this list, and there's just so many good first basemen in the league right now. It's it's probably the deepest position in baseball. Maybe shortstop. Yeah. I mean, shortstop. I mean, we're we're gonna get to shortstop, but shortstop definitely is shortstop's tough. unbelievable. Shortstop. I mean, it feels like every good prospect is a shortstop. I think I think there are sixteen top ten first basemen, top sixteen top ten shortstops in the league. Yeah, it's kind of it, that that position is going to definitely be a ton of fun, and we're going to make sure we have Jack on for that episode because I think you guys would love to have Jack uh, explain uh, our our top ten as well. Uh, but first base, I think I hundred percent agree, and, and kind of my final thoughts on the position. Ultimately, you know. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you mentioned Rizzo was the one guy you didn't have in your list. Like, I, Rizzo's probably the guy where it's like, Rizzo or Bray, you are both like, I could totally see them like just going out and having really good offensive years, but I can also totally see something falling apart, something going just wrong. Defense or the offense just isn't enough to carry with the rest of the big, uh, rest of the guys. You know, Walker, someone I feel like uh, if I redid this list, I would have given a stronger consideration to. I think he would have been 11 on this. Hoskins is another one where it's like, I want to give Reese Hoskins love. I think sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle, uh, but he's a really good hitter. Um, you know, Josh Bell, I wonder how he'll do in Cleveland kind of, you know, with, a, I think the best organization he's played with so far in terms of just like player development, maybe that helps him a little bit. Those guys kind of love having their low strikeout, high walk, you know, guys in their lineup. So maybe Josh Bell th- th- uh, thrives there, but um, that, yeah, it's kind of my final thoughts on the position, just very loaded outside of that, uh, around that 10 to 15 range. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at uh, just down the list, right? There were, uh, let's do WRC plus. There were 15 guys at the position with a 120 or higher WRC plus last year. Arias is one of them. He's not playing first base this year, obviously. Joey Manessis is another one. I don't know if I exactly trust him to keep that up, but, you know, we're looking at, you know, 15 first basemen who can make an argument that are all top 10. And so and there are that's... young guys like Casas can come, like Casas was pretty good. So you can come around and if he's, uh, able to keep that over a full season. We're going to be talking about him next year. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's not like we're missing. Yeah, like, or a guy like Jose Miranda. Um, yeah, where he'll get a bigger one at first base. Probably a DH. I don't know. He can hit, you know, and you just, it, it's a matter of. And like, yeah, Miranda's one of those guys that it doesn't really matter where, you're going to find him a spot. He right, or even like, uh, uh, you know, Mount Castle can always kind of have one of those big years where he just goes on a, uh, you know, goes on a home run spree. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Arise moving off the position. If Arise didn't get traded, we'd be talking about, I think he would have at least, I think he would have moved up my, I think he would have been here over Rizzo for me at least. Um, so, you know, there are some, there are, there are guys, man. It's just positions just loaded, you know, like that's where you kind of throw all the guys that like you want to have in your lineup. You have your DH spot covered, but they can mash. So it's always a fun position, but that, that, yeah. Yeah. That wraps it up for us. Uh, Thank you guys for listening and we will see you in episode 79. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.